0: If you have been blessed by the ministry of Dr. David Jeremiah and Turning Point, we would love to offer you two free ways to stay connected. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash magazine for a subscription to our monthly Turning Points magazine. Each exclusive issue is filled with encouraging articles and daily devotionals to strengthen your spiritual walk. You can also sign up to receive our daily email devotional and be a part of our community of friends who receive daily encouragement delivered straight to their inbox from Dr. Jeremiah. Written in a thought-provoking manner, this concise yet profound daily devotional delivers the refreshment and focus you need as you go about in today's world. You can join the more than 600,000 monthly subscribers who are building their faith each month through these free resources. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca. That's davidjeremiah.ca. If you're a believer, is the resurrection making a difference in your life? Not just in your eternal destination, but in your daily life right now. Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah shares why Jesus' victory over the grave ought to profoundly impact how you live, how you think, and how you interact with others. Listen as David introduces the conclusion of his message, is he living or did he die?
1: Well, thank you for joining us today. We are going to finish up our discussion of this question, uh, and we're looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 15, one of the great resurrection passages in the Bible. The question is, is he living or did he die? And of course, the answer is, both are true. He is living, but he did die. And how you put those together is the fact that he was resurrected from the grave. And what that means to us and what the Bible tells us it means to us, well, it's our subject for discussion on today's Turning Point. Before we get into this passage, let me tell you, there's a book that I have written called The Jesus You May Not Know. It just came out. It's not been available before this time. We have them now in the warehouse and We'd love to send this book to you as a way of saying thank you for your gift to Turning Point of any size. Whatever your gift is, uh, you ask for this book, and we'll send it to you. We do remind you that this is an important time for Turning Point, as it is for many other ministries. We count on your ability to help us. Uh, We can't do this by ourselves, and we know that these are very difficult times. We cherish what you do. And we thank you in advance for your generosity. Many who normally do give are not able. So those of you who can, God bless you and thank you for helping us stay focused during these challenging days. Well, let's get started with the beginning of our Friday edition as we look at this question. Is he living or did he die? If you've been born once and you haven't been born again... You're going to die physically and you're going to die spiritually. Physical death is the separation of the soul from the body. Spiritual death is the separation from your soul from God forever. You don't want the second death. You don't want that. The Bible says you can avoid the second death by being born twice. You've already been born physically, now get born spiritually. Let Jesus Christ come into your life, and when you are born spiritually, you may die once physically but you will never die spiritually and some of you some of us i believe i'm gonna be one of them i might not have to die at all because if jesus comes back before i die i don't have to die no more at all (laughs) how would you like how would you like to escape at all (laughs) how would it be if jesus came back and none of us have to die at all not physically not spiritually hallelujah even so come lord jesus Amen. amen So you have the first fruits of the resurrection and then you have the foundation of the resurrection. Now this is going to get a little complicated, but I think if you stay with me, we can get through this. This is the future order of the resurrection. Verse 23 says, "But each one in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward those who are Christ at his coming." Now in the Bible, resurrection is a preeminent theme. We have the resurrection of christ but there's other resurrections and i want to go through these with you so you understand them and we don't leave here ignorant stage one is the resurrection of jesus christ more than two thousand years ago christ was raised from the dead and that doesn't mean he was the first one ever to overcome death some people will say no pastor jeremiah he wasn't the first there were people in the old testament who were resurrected what about lazarus and the widow's son and jairus daughter There were at least 10 events in which people rise from the dead in the Bible. That's true. But Christ's resurrection was different from them all because whereas they rose to die again, Jesus rose to die no more. And when he rose to live in the power of an endless life, he rose with a glorified body. So he is the first resurrection. This is a wonderful reminder for all of us. That when we get to know the resurrected Jesus we're getting to know Jesus as he really is today We remember do we not that we discovered one of the things we may not have known about Jesus that he's in heaven in his body In his glorified resurrected body. He is in heaven when we pray to him He hears us not just through his spirit, but he hears us through his humanity He is in heaven. When we see him in heaven someday, he will show us the scars in his hands and the wound in his side and probably where the thorns went on his head. And forever, whenever we see him throughout eternity, we'll be reminded of the price that was paid for us to be in heaven with the Lord Jesus. The degree to which we neglect the resurrection is the degree to which we neglect to think about Jesus as he really is. Jesus is in heaven in his resurrected body. So, stage one in the resurrections is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But how many of you know there's another resurrection coming? And here's how that works. Let me just paint this picture the best I can. Here we are, folks. We're living in the church age. That's where we are right now. How many of you know the end of the church age is when Jesus comes back in the rapture? He doesn't come all the way back to the earth. We go up to meet him, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. And the Bible says in First Thessalonians chapter four that when Jesus comes back in the rapture, what will happen is those who have died already, those who are asleep in Jesus. The Bible says it this way: they will hear the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise. There's the second resurrection. Rise first. Somebody said, "Who are the dead in Christ?" Were they not the people that fall asleep in church? They're the people who died. <laughs> the dead in christ are the people who die as christians before jesus comes back the thessalonians were all concerned when they heard about all the good things that were going to happen in the future because their loved ones had already died and they were in the grave and they were saying what about mom and dad what about Gramps and grandma what's going to happen to them and jesus said don't worry about that paul wrote he said when jesus comes back there's going to be a shout the voice of the archangel and when that happens the dead in christ shall rise first That means that all of us who have loved ones who have already died as Christians, they will participate in stage two of the resurrections. The next resurrection that is coming is the resurrection of all who have died in Christ during the church age during this time as we await the return of jesus christ resurrection number two somebody says why do they come first and some wag said because they have six feet further to go i don't know <laughs> if that's true or not right and the bible says that at the rapture when this resurrection happens we're going to be caught up to be with the lord and listen to me now On the way up we're going to get our resurrection bodies and our bodies are going to be just like the body of the lord jesus there are several passages in the new testament that talk about that and i love what paul said the philippians he said god is going to transform our lowly bodies so that it may be conformed to his glorious body listen to me (laughs) someday we are going to have bodies by the lord Bodies of Jesus. The Bible says that we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. One day you and I are going to have perfect bodies. Bodies like the Lord Jesus. Amen. Yeah, that was kind of delayed, but uh, I'll take it. So here's the first resurrection, Jesus Christ. Here's the second, at the rapture. Now, What happens after the rapture folks a little lesson in prophecy after the rapture? There's a period of time Called the tribulation Seven years that's going to happen on this earth Don't get scared about this because if you're a christian you ain't gonna be here. You're going to be in heaven Because you're going to be raptured up before the tribulation but on this earth Seven years all hell is going to break out on this earth and some people say Well, nobody's going to get saved during the tribulation. That's not true. The Bible says that during that seven-year period of time, there's going to be 144,000 Jewish evangelists set loose on this earth. Can you imagine what will happen? Two witnesses, Moses and Elijah, I believe, will be teaching and preaching the Word of God. Here's what you need to know. During the tribulation period, there will be the greatest revival on this earth that has ever happened in the history of the world. Hundreds of thousands of people will be saved during the tribulation period. And many of those who are saved will pay for their salvation with their life. They will be martyred. The Antichrist will take their lives. They will be starved out. They will die. And the Bible says at the end of the tribulation, at the end of the seven years, there's going to be another resurrection. Let me read to you the Scripture, Daniel 12. There shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation and even to that time, and at that time your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. When Christ returns to reign during the millennium, not one single believer's body from Adam until that time will still be in the grave. All of those who have been saved during the church age will have gone up and been resurrected at the rapture. All of those in the tribulation, including all the Old Testament saints, will go up at the end of the tribulation. Now, I'm not trying to confuse you, but let me just paint this again one more time so everybody got it. We live now in the church age. That's gonna end when Jesus comes back in the rapture when all of the Christians who are alive during this age go to heaven. If you're a Christian, you're going to be with the Lord. Then there's a seven-year period of tribulation. A lot of people get saved in the tribulation. Many of them die. They're resurrected at the end of the tribulation. After the tribulation, there's the millennium. And the millennium is a 1,000 years when Jesus is going to reign on this earth. He's going to be king of kings and lord of lords on this earth. He will have a reign of righteousness and peace. Now, no one who is unsaved will go into the millennium, But in the millennium there'll be many unsaved They'll have children who don't know the lord And at the end of that thousand years the final resurrection is like this Everybody who is not saved everyone who's not a christian will be raised up all at once And they will come before what the scripture calls the great white throne judgment And they will give an account for their life There will be no Christians at the great white throne. That's the last resurrection. Here's how the scripture describes it. And I saw the dead small and great standing before God and books were opened and another book was Opened which is the book of life and the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books and The sea gave up the dead who were in it and death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them And they were judged each one according to his works. There will be no saved people People at that judgment, everybody who comes before that judgment will be sent to hell because they have rejected Jesus Christ. But there will be this great resurrection at the end of the millennium. You just heard me read it from the scripture. And this helps us to understand what Jesus said, each in his own order. First, Jesus, then all the Christians when he comes, then all those who get saved during the tribulation, and then all of the unsaved of all of time are resurrected. Somebody said, well, we just die and that's it. Or we die as dogs. After you die, that's it, you're done. No, that's not true. Listen to me here. Every one of us is gonna be alive somewhere forever. We get to make the decision as to where that will be in this life alone. You don't get a do-over You only go to heaven if you make the decision to go to heaven now You have to make your reservation now by putting your trust in Jesus Christ If you're not a Christian, I hope that message is clear Now we come to the last part of first Corinthians 15 and we're finished What is the final result of this resurrection? Here it is and Here's what Paul says. He says, when this is all done, Jesus Christ is going to deliver up the kingdom to God the Father, verse 24 and 25, when he puts an end to all rule and all authority and power, for he must reign until he has put all of his enemies under his foot. Jesus came into this world not just to redeem us. He came into this world to redeem the whole universe. And one day, there's gonna be a renovation of this world. I haven't time to talk about it today. just as he redeems us and changes us from the inside and makes us new, one day he's gonna redeem this old earth and make it new. And that's a story for another day. He will deliver the kingdom. Then the Bible says he will destroy death. The Bible says that when Jesus comes to the end of his time on this earth, death will be destroyed. 1526 in first Corinthians says the last enemy that will be destroyed is death Just as death came because Adam sinned all the way at the other end death will be destroyed And the Bible says that Jesus Christ is going to take this last enemy this last enemy of death And it will be forever destroyed. I don't know whether you like it or not I surely don't like it, but we're overtly created to think about death And the older we get, the more we do it. Every time you have a little pain, is this the end? Every time you forget something, you say, oh, my goodness, is this the beginning? (laughs) We think about it, don't we? And the Bible says that there are some people who go through life, and that's all they think about. The Bible says that they are held in the grip of bondage because of their fear of death. And one of these days, our resurrected king is going to wrap the chains of eternity and the strength of his glorious power around death, and he's going to throw death into the lake of fire, and death will be done, and we'll never have to face it again. The Bible says in heaven there will be no more dying. No more dying. I love that final truth. As a pastor, I have presided over death a lot in 50 years. I've buried my mother and my father and my sister and my My brother-in-law and Donna's brother and her mother and her father There's been a lot of death over the years Though we don't fear death as believers. We don't want to have it happen either. I tell everybody I'm not afraid to die, but I don't want to die Are you with me on that? Like the little boy who was in Sunday school one day and the teacher said how many of you want to go to heaven when you die Everybody raised their hand but one little boy clear in the back The teacher walked back to his desk and she said Johnny don't you want to go to heaven when you die? He said oh, yes, ma'am when I die, but I thought you were getting up a load for tonight (laughs) That's kind of how I feel I'm ready to go to heaven when I die, but I'm okay to be here today I don't want to die and the wonderful truth of all of this men and women is that death is not the end Winston Churchill arranged his own funeral, and there were stately hymns in St. Paul's Cathedral and an oppressive liturgy. At the end of the service, Churchill had an unusual event planned. When they said the benediction, a bugler high in the dome of St. Paul's Cathedral on one side played taps, the universal signal that the day is over. There was a long pause, and then a bugler on the other side played reveille, the military wake-up call. It was Churchill's way of communicating that while we say good night here, we say good morning up there. And why should we know that that is true? Because he believed in Jesus Christ. And when you know that Jesus is alive and that you are related to him, it changes everything, does it not? Changes not just about the future, it changes everything today. I remember reading about Martin Luther. There's a great biography about Martin Luther that came out a couple years ago. And in that biography, Tells a story of Martin Luther coming down to breakfast one morning. He was in a time of great discouragement. He was very depressed. And his wife came down to breakfast, and she was dressed in black. And he said, honey, why are you dressed in black? She said, because I'm in mourning. And he said, why are you in mourning? What are you mourning about? She said, well, God has died. He said, God has not died? She says, yes, he has. He says, God is not dead. She says, well, no, he's not, but you're acting like he is. So cheer up. You serve a living Savior, Martin. Quit mourning. However bad it may be, the one truth that stabilizes everything is we're related to a God and to a Christ who never dies, who lives within us, and is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And our lives can be a daily experience of sharing in the power of the risen Christ. I can't tell you how excited I am to let you know that Jesus Christ is alive today. He's at the right hand of the Father, and one day he's coming back. And most of us who've grown up in the church, we've grown up with the truth of the resurrection wrapped around our hearts, so much so that we don't even take notice of it. And I'm embarrassed to say that a lot of times, even at Easter, we'll come to church on Easter, and it's so, well, it's a wonderful Easter, and we go take one of the lilies and go home. But I want to tell you a little story that tells me how we should respond to the risen Christ. Ruth Dillow was working at her sewing machine, at the National Garment Company on Thursday, February 28, 1991. She was called to her boss's office, and two somber men in uniform were there to tell her that her youngest son, Clayton Carpenter, had been killed by a cluster bomb during Operation Desert Storm. She said, I can't begin to describe my grief and my shock. It was almost more than I could bear. For three days I wept. For three days I expressed anger and loss. For three days people tried to comfort me, but to no avail because the loss was so great. Neighbors came with flowers and cakes and casseroles, sympathy cards filled the mailbox. Nearby businesses posted signs in honor and memory of her son. But Ruth was inconsolable and couldn't take her eyes off a picture of her son. I kept looking at that picture, she said, and I kept saying, no, he can't be dead. This has to be a mistake. Three days later, the phone rang, and the voice on the other end said, hi, mom, this is Clayton. Ruth froze, thinking somebody was playing a cruel hoax on her. Clayton said, listen, mom, come on, please believe me. They couldn't find me, they didn't know where I was, but I'm alive, and though I'm hurt, I will soon be home. Now let me ask you, what do you think it was like in that woman's heart when she found out that the son she thought was dead was really alive? What a party she must have had. What joy must do! she wouldn't have been able to do anything for a while just out of the sheer shock and relief of this story. Ladies and gentlemen, that's how we should feel when we comprehend the fact we do not have a dead savior, we have a living savior. He is not dead, he is living. <clears throat>
0: mm.
1: Scour the religions of our day, none of them have a living leader. They go to the places where their bodies are interred, and there are monuments where they celebrate. But we have a living Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He's living in our hearts. I talked to him this morning. I bet you did, too. He is alive. And if you don't know him, you know, I can rave on and on about Jesus. There are not enough hours in the day for me to tell you all the wonderful things about him. But here's the most important thing he can take away from you the most awful thing you know about yourself, and that's the sense of guilt and wrongness. When you accept Jesus Christ, he forgives you for everything you've ever done or will do. He takes away that guilt, and he replaces it with peace and with a sense of his presence in your life. Why would you not want to make that important decision today to put your trust in him? Amen. Amen. We encourage you to do that. As we close out this week together and get ready for another weekend, I just can't help but remember how vital it is that I share the gospel with you, as I have been doing during this series about Jesus. He wants to come and live within your life. He wants to change you and make you brand new, forgive your sin. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, just pause for a moment. If you're driving, get over to the side of the road. We have many guys who do this when they're driving across the country in a truck, in a big old semi. So pull that truck over as soon as you can, and just take a moment and get quiet before the Lord and pray this prayer. Dear God, please hear my prayer. I want to receive your Son, Jesus Christ, as my Savior. Lord Jesus, come live within my life, and forgive me for all of my sin. I will live for you. I will walk with you. And thank you for hearing my prayer. And when you pray that prayer, as soon as you get a chance, let us know here at Turning Point. We have a couple of items we'd love to send you. Uh, One of them is called First Steps of Faith. It's a little book that helps you get started right. And the other is Your Greatest Turning Point. We have sent this little book to thousands and thousands of people over the years. It's the way for you to get started in your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. And all you got to do is tell us you accepted Christ and you'd like to have this material and we will send it to you as fast as we can so you can use it to get started in your walk with the Lord. So we're headed into another weekend. These have been challenging weekends for all of us. As you know, we produce this program ahead of when it's played on the air. So I don't know where we are with the reopening of church. But I want to tell you that God has met us during these days with some incredible things that have happened through our online services, and many of you who listen every day and some who watch our regular television program on the weekend have also been sharing with us online and um, you know what we found out that God is not um, he 's not taken back by a coronavirus. His work still goes on. we find a way to get the word out and many, many people have been saved during this time. It may be the beginning of a revival. I hope so. We'll see you right here on Monday. Thanks for listening.
0: The message you just heard originated at Shadow Mountain Community Church with Senior Pastor Dr. David Jeremiah. Share with us the difference Turning Point is making in your life. Write to Turning Point for God of Canada, P.O. Box 70509, RPO Oak Street, Vancouver, B.C. B6M 0A3 visit our website at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio or call 800-946-4300. Ask for your copy of David's new book, The Jesus You May Not Know. It's written to give you a deeper intimacy with Christ and it's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also purchase the Jeremiah Study Bible in the English Standard Version as well as the New International Version and in Standard or Large Print in the New King James. All with helpful notes and articles by Dr. Jeremiah. Contact us today. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us Monday as we continue the series, The Jesus You May Not Know, here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah.
1: and be in prayer.